0: what's up guys welcome back to another edition of the dnvr rams podcast presented by chevalier mortgage as always i'm justin michael and tonight was uh it was a tough one really no other way to put it unlv takes down colorado state 72 to Second time this year that unlv has beaten csu handily honestly if you would have told me before the game that csu was going to hold bryce hamilton to 20 points on 6 of 15 shooting. I, I probably would have said that's a Rams win. He got a lot more help from his supporting cast this time around. And really the problem for CSU was was not defense. I mean, they held UNLV to 72 points. It, it was just offense. They couldn't buy a bucket. I, I felt like they were really passive. They settled for a lot of mediocre looks, which is pretty uncharacteristic for this group. And I don't know. I just I feel like fatigue was a factor in this one, you know. I I don't think they'll use that as an excuse, but I mean, it, it was their fifth game in five cities in 12 days, their second game in 48 hours, third game on the road in a row. That that's just it's hard to win three straight road games in college basketball. It really is. I'm not trying to make a bunch of excuses. CSU got their ass kicked in this one, but I just think there's a lot of circumstances to consider. And ultimately, it's just kind of a bad matchup. So I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to explain why there's no reason for CSU fans to panic just yet as far as the NCAA tournament goes. And even winning the Mountain West, which would be really cool. It's not a necessity. It would be really cool. But it's not out of the window yet. I mean, they're two games back. They're going to have to win out for sure, and they need some help. But, you know, the the remaining schedules for, for Boise State and Wyoming are pretty brutal. And I will get into all of that before we do something to keep in mind for our homeowners. With prices going up, it's creating natural equity in your home. If you have mortgage insurance, chances are you can refinance out of that and make the bubble work for you. If you're in the buyer's market, you know how stressful trying to buy a house is right now, especially in Colorado. I mean, the process out here, it's just stupid. So let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They're going to alleviate so much stress. Just take some of that worry off your plate. If you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, not only can you enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat, most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. As mortgage brokers, they're able to shop over a dozen lenders with many products to find the right fit for you. They want their borrowers to know who they're working with and not feel bounced around. They take the time to help their borrowers be as informed as they want every step of the way. And Mike and Virginia will take the burden off folks so they can focus on their home being a home, not just a house. Remember, visit dnvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat, get set up with that free consultation. You can also call Mike directly at 970-412-2472. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, the the Rams were obviously hot riding into this trip. Winners of five straight overall. They had just won back-to-back road games. That was impressive. You know, losing this game, it's a setback, but it's not the end of the world. I I saw some, you know, pretty drastic reactions online saying, you know, like, oh, great, we're going to get snubbed again. As my good friend Kevin Sweeney of Sports Illustrated tweeted, the Rams are 9-3 in Q1 and Q2 games. They have one Q3 loss, no Q4 losses. Winning the Mountain West, it's going to be a lot harder at this point, and, and I'll talk about the remaining schedules for San Diego State, Wyoming, and Boise State in, in a little bit here. Just to kind of point out, it, it's not going to be easy sledding for anyone down the stretch, so never say never. You know, The Rams would definitely have to win out in that scenario, but some chaos could definitely happen here over the last two weeks. As far as, you know, making the NCAA tournament goes, as long as CSU doesn't lose out in the regular season, which is a, you know, it's a realistic possibility. I don't think it's super realistic, just given the talent. And, you know, this is a 21-4 and four team, you know, I'm not going to panic. I, I, I really think as long as they win one game here down the stretch, they're pretty comfortably in with what they've already done. They go 2-1, and one, they're definitely in. You win out, you know? Obviously, making a run in, in Vegas would, would really help CSU's cause, and I think everybody can recognize that after tonight, UNLV is, is not a team that you know CSU is, is going to want to get matched up with in the Mountain West Tournament. They, they just have CSU's number this year. Now, I will say on principle, it, it's really hard to beat the same team three times. So even if UNLV has you know, had CSU's number this season, you know, could they do it a third time in a row? Who knows? Considering they really won both games pretty, you know, pretty convincingly though. Obviously, it's not something that CSU would want to want to mess around with. And they have a lot of length. Bryce Hamilton is is one of the best scorers I've ever seen. I mean, that guy can hit just circus shots, and he hit a pair of them in the second half. After honestly, I feel like CSU did a pretty good job of containing him in the first half. Only had seven points, had thirteen in the second half, but it really wasn't the most efficient game. He just. He came out of the out of the break and they had a set play for him with a couple of screens and he was able to hit a really, really tough three. Then he hit another three. He's able to get to the hoop a couple of times. And all of a sudden, you know, UNLV goes from, you know, being up 11 at halftime to being up, you know, 22, about eight minutes into the second half. And it was just kind of lights out at that point. Again, you know, Hamilton was good, 20 points. He wasn't, I mean, you know, he had 42 in the last one. It wasn't anything like that. He was 6 of 15 from the floor, so 20 points on 15 attempts. You know, you'll take that if you're CSU from a from a score like Hamilton. The the big difference was this time around, Hamilton got some help from his supporting cast. Nuga had 13 points. He was 5 of 7 from the floor, 3 of 4 from deep. I was really impressed by Jordan McCabe. He had 9 points in this one. Royce Ham Jr., 7 points. All these guys able to hit a 3 except Royce Ham all of them able to get to the free throw line consistently. Hamilton was 5 of 8 from the free throw line. Ham was 5 of 6. McCabe, 2 of 2. CSU, they they just they weren't the aggressors in this one like they typically are. And I really do think fatigue played a factor in that one. And I have said that a couple of times already, but it's kind of layered into a couple of things here. I'll talk about CSU's offense in a second. I already said I I felt like it was... Stagnant and and just a lot of settling for mediocre looks, which is not something that we typically see out of one of the more, you know, potent offensive units in, in the Mountain West over the last couple of years. But really, I mean, the Rams—they got their ass kicked on the glass in this one. I'll you know when I get into the takeaways, I'll, I'll get into that as well. But you know what? Let's just let's just go into it now because it was it was such a big factor in the outcome. I mean, 45-24, They were all over the offensive glass. I believe that was 13-5 in favor of of UNLV. CSU they just they they weren't intense on the glass. And I'm not saying that they didn't want this game because that's just a dumbass take. Anybody that knows this team knows how bad they want to win. But UNLV was just much more consistent with their effort on on the glass. And really that's, you know, all rebounding is is positioning and an effort and, you know, kind of doing a little bit extra. And the Red, uh, the Rebels, excuse me, deserve just a ton of credit because they were really, really active in that regard. And it was huge for them. And, they, you know, the defense, they deserve credit for as well. But, you know, really, I, I felt like CSU's offensive struggles were kind of more on them. I mean, UNLV deserves credit for preventing the Rams from from kind of getting in the paint. But, you know, we didn't really see guys driving intensely the way that we normally do. Obviously, the threes weren't falling, but they just kept settling, you know. They only had 18 points in the paint in this one, and I just feel like the Rams, you know, they they didn't cut the way that they normally do. They don't share the basketball that they normally do. It's going to be hard to to win in in most games when you know if if, if Roddy and Stevens go combine nine of 27 from the floor like they did in this one, you know, they're you're not they're just not going to win most nights. You know, it's unless somebody else is just absurd. But I really think the best thing that UNLV did aside from you know sharing the ball the, the Rams really keyed in on Bryce Hamilton and and he was willing to dish it out to you know guys like Nuba and let them beat the Rams and to their credit they stepped up but really what I was impressed with from from UNLV was just their ability to to keep David Roddy from getting in a flow I mean he did have 11 points in this one but 4 of 14 from the floor 1 of 4 from deep a couple of turnovers he only had two rebounds, so I mean, they just they they did not allow him to do what he typically does, and you know that's score in the post and you know be a guy that you know absolutely dominates on the glass. It just it wasn't one of those nights for for Roddy and UNLV deserves a lot of credit, but to me it it just felt like the minutes caught up to these guys because I really felt like you could see from the get go the the same intensity wasn't there and again I'm not saying that that doesn't mean they didn't want to win or they they weren't trying you know they held unLV to 72 points they didn't go out there and, and just roll over or anything it just I think their legs were dead and the attention to detail it just it wasn't there you know the the activeness on on either end really but I, I guess if you're looking for a silver lining CSU only had seven turnovers that's good you know i I hate to say it though but I think a, a small part of that at least was just because the ball wasn't moving as much. I mean, when when you're really whipping the ball around, there's going to be a few that get tipped or you know you make a bad pass or something like that. So you're going to have a couple of turnovers naturally. It was just a lot of ISO and guys jacking up long twos and threes and contested looks and I don't. know. It was just kind of the complete opposite of of what we're used to seeing from this team. If if there was an alternate, di- if there was an alternate dimension that they would be like the anti-Rams, you know what I mean? A team that plays a lot of ISO jacks up threes. As as somebody that really loves the way that CSU normally plays unselfishly and, and I'm not saying they were selfish tonight. I just don't think the the focus was was quite there. But it was hard to watch. And you know, as a result of it, the Rams only had eight assists in this one. It's the second time this season that CSU got held to below 10 assists as a team. Unsurprisingly, the other one was a thirty-point blowout loss at Viejas against San Diego State, and you know, also unsurprisingly, those are CSU's two worst offensive games of the year in terms of points scored and field goal percentage. Watching this game with my girlfriend, she turned to me and she said, "This is probably an uneducated take, but they just don't look like themselves." And I thought to myself, "You're right. They <laughs> they really don't. They just." They didn't look like the 21-22 Rams that we've become accustomed to seeing. The body language, the ball movement, the effort on the glass, all of it. It was a frustrating game. It was a disappointing outcome. I'll say this about UNLV, though. That's a team that nobody wants to face in Vegas. I mean, talk about a potential bid stealer there. UNLV is good enough to win the Mountain West Tournament. And as it currently sits, San Diego State would would hold the tiebreaker over CSU, so they would be the three seed. CSU would be the four seed, and they would be playing UNLV in that four or five matchup again. A lot of games still to happen, and I'm going to talk about all of those here. So the 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 standings are are far from complete, but the Rebels are, are definitely a team that CSU wants to avoid because it's just a a matchup that doesn't really favor them. A team with a lot of length, they're aggressive on the glass. Good shooting. It's just kind of a a bad recipe for CSU. This is not a, a perfect comparison by any means, but especially now that they're actually defending, it's kind of kind of like San Diego State esque again. You know that that's more defensive oriented, but I just mean in terms of the way the roster is built, uh, just a lot of lengthy guys that can be really active on the glass for you and then you just put a couple of deadly shooters out there that they kill you from deep anyways I don't I don't think there's much point and in, in going on and on and on about the specifics of every little thing that went wrong tonight ultimately it was just a game where the Rams really didn't look like themselves first time all year they've held an opponent under 75 points and lost and they just they got outplayed they got outplayed on the road it's hard to win three straight games on the road it's hard to win five games in 12 days in five different cities. And again, you know, I know that some people are going to listen to this and be like, oh, you're just making all kinds of excuses. And, you know, I've already recognized that they, they just got their ass kicked as well. But I, I think it would be unfair to not recognize all of the circumstances going in. And maybe that makes me, you know, an apologist. But I also think it just makes me a realist. It is what it is. You know, you either rock with me or you don't. I hope that you do. I am going to talk about the implications of this game, talk about why CSU fans shouldn't panic, talk about some of the big games remaining on the Mountain West slate coming up. A, a, real quick, though, our new partner, Athletic Greens, has really changed my, my fitness routine, my health routine. I didn't have time to, to take all the supplements that you need you know, to, to just be healthy. It feels like it's a daunting process. I wanted more energy. I wanted an optimized immune system. I just I, I wanted a supplement that I actually liked that was convenient, that you know, didn't taste like dog food or chalk or something. And Athletic Greens has really hooked it up. I mean, they they gave everyone on our staff a, a sample, and I'm I'm hooked, guys. I've been doing it for a couple of weeks. I put a scoop of this stuff in my smoothie, and I'm absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens. It's just a great way to start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, just pretty much all the things you should probably be concerned with. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. It supports better sleep quality and recovery it's the one thing with the best thing. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with a constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day if you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover that was costing him $100 a day. So it was important for him to make it affordable. And like I said, at you know less than three dollars a day, it's, it's less than a Starbucks coffee. They have over 7,000 five star reviews, so you know you don't just have to trust me. It's a climate certified uh, climate neutral certified product. It's good for the environment. It, it's time to reclaim your health guys. you know I, I could keep going on and on, but arm your immune system with co- a convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. To make it easy on you, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/rams. Again, this is athleticgreens.com/rams to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I also want to shout out the homies over at DraftKings Sportsbook and Hoops Fans. The latest offer from the official betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on the NBA with the same game parlay. This is where you combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. You know, rebounds, assists, whatever you want to do. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $1 on any NBA team. Get $150 in free bets if they win. The promo code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA must be 21 or older, Colorado. Only $5 minimum deposit restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I'm going to get back to the schedule talk and just general, you know, implications of this loss to UNLV. Real quick though, I do want to give you my DraftKings pick of the week. If you listen to the draft pod, you know, you know that I've, been doing some mocks lately and ultimately with Jacksonville having the number one pick I think it really changes the discussion of what they need their defense has a lot of young promising pieces you know it started off with Kayvon Thibodeau kind of being the hot name at number one recently Aiden Hutchinson has been you know the the big edge guy to kind of be dominating the national conversation but Evan Neal the offensive tackle out of Alabama, plus at plus 175, you could get that. He and Hutchinson are currently the betting favorites. I could see that. I will say at plus 700, Ekem Iquanu, there's really good value there. This dude is a nasty pass blocker. I ultimately think that there's probably, you know, it's probably more realistic that Neil goes and obviously Vegas does as well based on these odds because of the value difference. I'm going to do my DraftKings pick of the week. E.K. McQuanu at plus 700. You know, you know, a little bit of a long shot, but he's the fourth highest odds on DraftKings to be the number one pick. Hutchinson plus 175. Evan Neal plus 175. Kayvon Thibodeau plus 500. And then Makwanu at plus 700. You can get Charles Cross at plus 3,500. That one feels a little bit more of a stretch to me. His stock is rising though, so we will keep an eye on that. Lock it in. DraftKings pick of the week. All right, after Wyoming beat Air Force today, Boise State beat Utah State, San Diego State beat Fresno State, and CSU fell to UNLV, the Mountain West standings go as the following. Boise State currently sitting in first 21 and 6 overall, 12 and 2 in league. Then we have Wyoming at 22 and 4, 11 and 2 in the league. Boise State narrowly holds the tiebreaker just because of win percentage as of now. San Diego State 17 and 6 overall 9 and 3 they get the tiebreaker over CSU who has four conference losses at the moment 21 and 4. Then two games behind the Rams there's UNLV who's 16 and 11 overall 8 and 6 in the conference but still has a couple of really big games they could definitely end up rising here you know depending on on how this all plays out. So let's go over some of the, the big games that are remaining. And why, you know the the possibility of CSU winning the Mountain West is still on the table. as it currently stands with four conference losses, CSU is two games behind Wyoming and Boise State. Obviously, they have home games against both of those teams. they They need to win both of those games. They also need both of those teams to lose outside of their respective trips to Fort Collins. That could definitely happen with with their remaining schedule. They need San Diego State to lose another game as well. And that also could happen. <laughs> Starting Tuesday, one of those teams in, in front of CSU, San Diego State or Boise State, is going to lose. That's important. Boise State hosts San Diego State. Personally, I would say Boise State falling probably better for CSU just to get that loss out of the way, really put the pressure on them. Again, you know, they need San Diego State to lose a game as well, but they still have to play, you know, Wyoming. They have to go to Wyoming after after hosting San Jose State on the 25th. So they play Boise State on the 22nd, then they host San Jose State on the 25th, then they travel to Wyoming, then they host Fresno State. They just beat them down convincingly tonight. And then they travel to Nevada. So San Diego State's remaining schedule, pretty brutal in its own right. If they could beat San Diego State I mean, if they could beat San Diego State and then also Wyoming but lose to Nevada or Fresno State, that's kind of perfect. You know, that's best-case scenario for CSU, I would say, just because that would mean that they pulled road upsets over teams that don't really lose at home very often, and then they still lost enough to allow CSU to have a shot to, to win the conference, assuming that CSU won out in this scenario, obviously. Boise State, after hosting San Diego State Tuesday, they travel to UNLV on Saturday the 26th. UNLV almost beat them in Boise. Hamilton went off against them, much like he did against CSU and Moby. Then they host Nevada on Tuesday the 1st before playing CSU in the regular season finale on Saturday, March 5th. Look, Boise State's really good, but they could lose all four of those games. I I doubt any of these teams are going to lose out. that's just the type of year it is could Bryce Hamilton beat them could they lose to Grant Shurfield in Nevada of course could they lose to San Diego State of course could they lose to CSU in the season finale of course like this is such a deep league this year all right let's look at Wyoming's basketball (laughs) Wyoming's basketball Wyoming's remaining schedule they play at CSU Wednesday then they host Nevada on Saturday the 26th again Shurfield he's a bucket we know what they can do then they host San Diego State on Monday, the 28th. So that'll be a big game for everyone to watch. They go to UNLV as well. So, you know, trips to UNLV still remaining for both Boise State and Wyoming before they host Fresno State in the season finale. And again, you know, they could lose to CSU. They will have to if the Rams want to win the conference, but they could definitely lose to Sherfield. They could go to Vegas and, and fall to Hamilton and the Rebels. San Diego State could beat them orlando robinson one of the best players in the country and their lockdown defense could stifle wyoming like there's a lot that could go wrong for all of these remaining teams i'm really interested to see what happens with csu obviously in these final three i'm really interested to see what unlv does like what if unlv all of a sudden picks up a couple more wins and then they skyrocket into the top three then things could get really wonky i mean they would need quite a bit of chaos ahead of them for that to happen but It's just, it's wide open right now. So yes, you know, the odds of CSU winning the Mountain West being two games back with only three games to play for them, it's it's not likely. But they could get a lot of help, and then all of a sudden it becomes much more likely. We just have to kind of see what happens here. All right, the last thing I want to talk about here is just CSU's NCAA tournament resume. I think two and one all but guarantees CSU makes it again. You never... Love that feeling when you're counting on the selection committee, but considering the Rams are are nine and three already in Q1 and Q2 games, with opportunities to pick up more wins in those games against Wyoming and Boise State, you know, there's. I just think their resume is is too strong. You know, the biggest difference between this year and last year is just the non conference wins. You have wins over Creighton and St Mary's, two teams that have really been holding their own of late. Mississippi State is on the fringe of making the tournament. You know, Rams should. Ramp fans should really be rooting for Mississippi State to do well in the SEC tournament. And I mean, even Northern Colorado is starting to figure it out. They they pulled out a victory over Weber State on the road tonight, which is crazy in overtime. Really high scoring overtime. They outscored them eighteen to fourteen, in that one had to make a comeback. They were down by seven at halftime. They're fourth in the Big Sky. All of a sudden, pretty decent Big Sky. They're still 15 and 12. You know, I took some shots on Twitter for for bringing it up after their comeback win. But that is a team with talent. And I'm telling you, you know, like college basketball pundits, people that really nerd out about this stuff, that watch UNC, they will tell you how good that team is. You know, it's year one together. They really rebuilt the entire roster. But Steve Smiley is a great coach, and he does a lot to, to maximize the skill set of his players probably a guy that won't be in Greeley for too long just because he's going to have success there and, and end up getting picked up by a bigger school. But, you know, the Rams, they, they just have a, a lot of pretty good non-conference wins this year. They've performed well in the in the matchups that are important in terms of Q1, Q2. I feel good, and I know that tonight was disappointing. I know that it was frustrating. I know it sucks to see him get punched in the teeth in a matchup that just wasn't good for them, but... You know, that's just kind of a part of college basketball. You know, you're not going to go 33-1 and one or, you know, whatever. Regardless, the Rams, they they got to put it past them. You've got a huge border war coming up. Both home games sold out. It should be an incredible atmosphere. You know that the students, that the fans are, are going to bring the energy. It'll be great for this team to be able to get back on the on the court in front of these fans and then feel the love. You know, they're going to be up for it. You know, it's the border war, so... Uh, A lot of really big games coming. A ton to play for. It should be fun down the stretch. I am looking forward to creating content throughout it all. Also looking forward to having Ryan Green up there with me. The vlogs are going to be sick. That's all I have on this game. Really looking forward to, you know, hopefully putting it in the rear view and, and getting a Board Award dub. I'm Justin Michael. This is the DNBR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. Much love. Peace.